Hi everybody again, welcome back to our Holy Spirit series as we look in particular at the gifts of the Spirit and today we're looking at the gifts of healings and this might take us two sessions to cover this particular uh, gift or gifts as it's in the plural. Sickness in our universe comes from the fall, um, from sin. And Now I'm not saying that if you're sick you've sinned and that's because you've done something wrong God's punishing you. That's not at all what the Bible teaches. Um, having said that, we can have afflictions for certain reasons, but generally speaking, that's what I'm talking about, generally speaking, the the presence of sickness and pain is because we, have, as mankind, have fallen into sin, Adam and Eve in the garden and so on. And so illness and disease are an outworking of the curse upon all of this world, and it eventually will lead to physical death, of course, the wages of sin is death. But the wonderful good news of the gospel that we preach is that Christ redeemed us from the curse at the cross. And we celebrate that wonderful verse in Isaiah 53 and verse 5 that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement or the punishment for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. And that healing by the wounds of Jesus his woundedness that heals our woundedness. It refers both to spiritual and to physical healing. This is why this gift is in the plural gifts of healings. There's various kinds of healings. And uh, I believe scripture bears out that this refers to both spiritual and physical healings. And Peter applies this particular verse in Isaiah 53, 5 to our salvation and being healed of our sins. And in 1 Peter 2 verse 24, he uses it in that fashion and says, Who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So there's no doubt this applies to the, the concept of our atonement and that our sins can be forgiven through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. But Matthew in his gospel, he quotes that same phrase, by his stripes we are healed, in reference to physical healings that Jesus was performing. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16 and 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And so Matthew uses this in reference to deliverances, which is a form of the gifts of healings. I believe it's in that bracket. And also physical healings from illnesses and diseases. It's a fulfillment, Matthew says, of Isaiah 53, verse 5. Now, I used to, when I didn't believe that these gifts were for today. Yes, there was a time I didn't believe this, and, and I preached against it, actually. But I used to argue that here in Matthew 8, there was a specific fulfillment in Jesus' ministry of Isaiah 53, 5. And that was it, done, finished, fulfilled, and it doesn't need to be repeated now anymore in our lives and in the ministry of the church because Jesus fulfilled that himself in his earthly ministry. But what that does is that ignores all the material on healing, all the rest of the stuff on healing mentioned in the New Testament as a whole. There's much, much more. Uh, in the apostolic time and the Acts of the Apostles and right, right up uh, through church history as well, of course, 
and uh, right up to today. And we've already dealt with why these gifts are for today. I'll not repeat myself on that. But whatever your view is, whether you believe in healing for today or not, I think all of us would probably agree that Christ purchased complete freedom from sin and sickness at the cross. We have to say that because sickness is a result of our fallenness. And Jesus took our sin, our brokenness and our infirmities on the cross. But the great question that is debated is, well, when does the benefit of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross that pertains to healing, when does that benefit take place? Now, we agree all the benefits will not come until Christ returns. We all agree on that. And chapter 15 of this book, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15 um, talks about resurrection bodies and uh, the immortal will not put on immortality until Jesus returns and we get our new bodies like his glorious body. So what then are we to make of healing? Well, we may not have our resurrection bodies yet, but what we do have dwelling within us is resurrection life in our bodies. And in Romans 8, 11, Paul says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, of course, there probably is a bit of an allusion to the resurrection and how there's a groaning in our bodies and in this creation for the new creation, even in physical form. But there's also an allusion there to how... Um, we have when dwelling within us the resurrection life of Christ even in our mortal bodies. And Paul again in 2 Corinthians 4, 10 to 12 maybe elaborates a little bit on this where he says we're always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. So he's talking about the bodies that are dying not immortal new bodies and we're carrying about Christ's death but the life of Jesus also is manifested in this body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may ma be manifested in our mortal flesh. Not our immortal flesh, but in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. So there's something eternal already in us. We haven't got our eternal bodies, but we've got the resurrection life of Jesus in us that does make a difference. And one of the ways it can make a difference is through healing and even health. But of course, we, we hold this intention because where the kingdom of God is concerned, you may have heard this phrase before, there is the now but not yet aspect of the kingdom of God. There are certain benefits we experience now, but the full consummation of all the benefits of what Jesus did in his cross and resurrection will not be known until the eternal kingdom, until Jesus returns again, etc. But God from time to time grants us the now, there may be the not yet of full healing, full health, uh, immortality, etc. But God from time to time grants what we might call a foretaste or a down payment of the healing that he will grant us in the future. And we see this in the ministry of Jesus as the kingdom of God comes near to us. We see it in the ministry of the apostles. We see it in the healings during this church age. And all of it testify that healing is a part of the new covenant blessing in Jesus Christ the Messiah. And God wills to heal people. And so we, we want to state that Generally speaking, God wills to heal people and Jesus frequently healed all who came to him 
And we note that he never ever turned anyone away saying, well, it's not your time or God wants you to learn more through suffering or you haven't learned your lesson yet or this is the cross that you're to bear. Anything that sometimes we might say. In fact, a leper came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 8 and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus retorted back to him. And this reveals the heart of God because Jesus is God in flesh. He is the word of God. He's the manifestation of the heart and mind of God. And he says, I am willing to be made clean. Jesus expressing the divine will of God that that man and in general, all who came to him who were sick and oppressed, he healed them. Now that being said, we have to acknowledge that not all will be healed. And not everybody you pray for will be healed. And we must be sensitive not to say that God always heals everybody today. That would just be dishonest. Or that, and this is an awful thing to communicate to anyone, oh, you don't have enough faith. And uh, if you had enough faith, you would be healed. Now, all of us could do with more faith. I'm not saying that that we've all got the measure of faith that we need in this Christian life, but it's not for us to judge who has or hasn't got enough faith to be healed. And we have to be very careful where that's concerned. But even during the apostolic age in the early church, and I believe we're in the apostolic age now um, in a sense, but I'm talking about the early first apostles of the Lamb during that period in the Acts of the Apostles and into the Epistles, not everyone was healed. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 27, Paul says, Indeed, he was sick. He's talking about a man called Epaphroditus. He was sick almost unto death. He nearly died. But God had mercy on him and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Paul was very close to this man. And he says, God had mercy on him because he healed him on his deathbed. But he also helped me because I couldn't do without this guy. But we see that Paul obviously had prayed for his healing, but it wasn't immediate and it didn't happen there and then. And he was sick for a while. Um, we see in First uh, Timothy 5 and verse 23 that uh, Paul says to Timothy, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. So Timothy had frequent illnesses, probably stomach problems. It may have been linked to a bit of anxiety. I'm not sure. We know that he struggled with timidity and fear at times. But um, the point I'm making is this. For medicinal purposes, Paul encouraged him to take some wine. Um, and so if healing prayer was enough just to sort out the problem, why would Paul have said that? And then in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 20, we read of a man called Trophimus. And it says that Erastus, Paul says, stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus have I left in Miletus sick. So, so Paul actually had to leave this guy behind, Trophimus, because he wasn't well. And obviously, Paul had prayed for him, but he still wasn't well. He still wasn't healed. Now, I'm not saying these people never got healed, but I'm just wanting to emphasize that not everyone will be healed immediately when you pray for them. And not everyone will be healed ultimately in this life. Um, And it's just, if I can make the comparison, like how everyone we pray for for salvation will not be saved. Not everyone who we pray for for healing will be healed. And there's, there is a mystery in this. I'll grant you that. But having said that, just because not everybody in this world who's lost will be saved when we pray for them, um, that doesn't prevent us praying for lost people to be saved. And in the same regard, we need to persevere in praying for the sick. 
And I believe that that's biblical. I mean, how anybody could suggest that it's not scriptural to pray for sick people. They're obviously reading their Bible with some kind of blinkers on, and I have done that. Even to the extent where in Matthew 6 and verse 13, we're taught to pray in the disciples' prayer, commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. And sickness is a form of evil. It has come from the fall. And in 3 John chapter 2, even if it was only, sorry, verse 2, there's only one chapter to 3 John, in that little epistle, um, even the sentiment of the apostle is enough. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul's prospering. So even though our body is perishing, as Paul says in another place, our inner man can grow from strength to strength, glory to glory. But John expresses this desire. I just wish that your bodily health would match your soul health, your prosperity of soul. So that was a sentiment that was godly. It's in scripture. And Psalm 103 verse 5 says that our youth can be renewed like the eagles. So if you're in the bracket, I have to be careful here. (laughs) It might be class uh, middle to older age or elderly uh, in senior years of life. Your youth potentially can be renewed like the eagles according to scripture. And Moses is a wonderful example of this in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 7. And remember this is in the the age of law. It's, It's old covenant. And yet Moses was 120 years old when he died and his eyes were not dim nor his natural vigor diminished. Wow. He still had great strength and energy and he had great eyesight. I wish I had that myself. But I wear glasses. That's something that's not healed for me just yet. And so I think for Moses, even in an old covenant context, he spent so much time in the presence of God that it was like he was living in a different atmosphere and breathing in different air. Now, he wasn't essentially, but there was something um, that that made a difference in, in Moses' longevity and indeed his energy and health. And even in the natural compulsion that we have, the inclination that when we become sick, every one of us, most of us anyway, we seek medical intervention. And by doing that, we're actually manifesting, displaying our belief that we should be well. I I want to be well. This isn't normal. um, And I'm going to take steps to get help. And physiologically biologically and chemically the body has been created with the capacity to heal itself now it doesn't always work of course but think about the many times that you've been ill or you've cut yourself or injured yourself and the body has rejuvenated and that expresses the divine intent what god intended our bodies to behave like and that he intended us to walk in health and healing because of the fall that is not possible But I want you to see that in the new covenant, there's something about the heart of Jesus that displays the heart of God as he went about healing the sick and uh, freeing everyone who was oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And it it, it has been said in the past that the purpose of healing, well, we know some obvious purposes, (laughs) it makes people better and God wants people to be better. Um, you would imagine that, wouldn't you? That's the way he created them. It also shows the compassion and the kindness of God. It also can free people to serve the Lord. It's hard to serve the Lord when you're when you're lying sick. 
um, and, and this can free them up to serve the Lord more effectively. And ultimately, healing glorifies God. But some talk about it as a sign to authenticate the gospel message. And there's a sense in which that may be the case in the book of Acts. But I would go further than that to actually say that rather than just a sign to authenticate the message of the gospel as if the message of the gospel is something separate, I believe that healing is rather part of the message of the gospel. Because in Isaiah 61, we have the mandate, the mission statement of a Messiah, that he would come and he would come as a healer to heal the brokenhearted. That's an inner healing, not just physical, inner healing. To set the captives free, that's spiritual healing. And so the gospel itself is good news. And part of the goodness of God is that not yet will we have perfect health or perfect healing, but as a pointer to that day that's coming, Jesus has healed people on the earth And through the Holy Spirit now in this church age, God the Father, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, is dispensing gifts of healings as down payment, as foretastes, as the now but not yet aspect of the kingdom to show that God is a good God and uh, the good news is good. I know there are many questions that raises. Why does God heal someone and not another? I struggle with those things and... We'll touch upon some of those things perhaps in our next session uh, to a degree. But what I wanted to see is that it's not really about our right to have healing for everything. If if we have a concept like that, we're going to fall foul eventually and hit a cul-de-sac. But it's about God in his goodness has not given us the full package yet, but there are times that he gives us these these, things little handfuls and purpose, these deposits, and in fact we should go after it, and we should ask God for it, and we should look for it. And I've found the more people that you pray for healing with, the more people that are healed. <laughs> Figure that. But that, that appears to be the case. I mean, if you don't pay, pray for anybody to be healed, no one will be healed. So we're going to go after it, expect and faith, believe that ultimately in the heart of God, that's what he wants for his whole creation, and see what God does. And don't get disappointed when it doesn't happen. Because we're not God and it's his gifts. And maybe you're watching today and you have an issue. Well, why not pray for your healing now? And uh, why not say, Lord, I need healing here. Ask God for it specifically. In Jesus' name, I ask you to heal this, that, or the other, or to take this pain away. And then I want you to do something. Because this is often how Jesus um, healed in the, in the Gospels. He didn't necessarily pray for God, would you please, Father, heal this person. He might have prayed, but then he went on often to speak to the condition and command a spirit to leave or a condition to change. So why don't you speak? You speak in Jesus' name to your condition, command it to be be healed, command the pain to go, command the thing to to change. If something's missing that should be there, tell it to to come there in Jesus' name. If there's something um, there that shouldn't be there, command it to go in Jesus' name. If it's a spirit of illness and infirmity, and we see that in the Gospels, sometimes Jesus commanded a spirit of deafness, muteness to leave, a spirit of infirmity. One woman had it for 18 years and she was bent over with it. But why not speak to a spirit of infirmity and, and tell it to leave if, if that's what God's leading you to, to know is the cause of this? If there's a generational thing, ask God to break and command generational stuff to go in Jesus' name. Let the Holy Spirit lead you, but believe that God is able to do this and 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 ask God to do it and then step out in faith and see what God has done. And we would love to hear um, how God has touched you, changed things, 
or what he's done and I'll try to answer some of the objections uh, next time I can't answer them all in the, these 20 minute sessions that we're doing I've done longer series on this on the internet on preachtheword.com if you want to look into it and there are many good resources um, that we could recommend as well but Lord we just ask that you will give now your gifts of healings to those who are watching to those who've engaged in faith with you to those who are sensing you now maybe even in a physical way or a spiritual sense they're aware that the Holy Spirit is resting on them and that you're doing something now and we speak the healing of Christ over them we thank you for your kingdom come your will be done and we look for that on earth as it is in heaven it won't come completely until Jesus returns but we believe that you're wanting to show up now and you're wanting to bring your kingdom and spirit now and we welcome that may you distribute your gifts of healings right across the church in this age for your glory and for the good of people in Jesus name amen see you next time for the second installment on the gifts of healings God bless you